Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. Today is Wednesday, December 28th. Coming up, we'll take a look at the top environment and climate stories of 2022. But first, some headlines. Southwest Airlines canceled more than 80 flights that go through Kansas City yesterday, five more than it did on Monday. Sean Juarez drove two hours from Manhattan, Kansas, before learning his flight was canceled. He vowed to leave the airport with either a new flight or a refund. I'm trying to see my family for the holidays, see my nephews, but I just come to an inconvenience and I shouldn't have to wait this long to be put on another flight. In a statement, the airline said it's, quote, working to address the wide-scale disruption, and it'll only run about one-third of its schedule for the next several days. Shawnee Mission South High School is celebrating three decades of teaching the Arabic language to students. KCUR's Jody Fortino reports. The school district began teaching Arabic in 1992 as part of an effort to give students more opportunities as the world becomes increasingly globalized. Riley Martin is a junior at Shawnee Mission South. She's planning on going into acting, but is taking Arabic classes because she loves learning languages. When you learn a language, you unlock this opportunity to communicate with like millions of other people that you wouldn't have been able to as efficiently beforehand. Teacher Annie Hassan says she believes it's the country's oldest Arabic program in a public high school. For KCUR 89.3, I'm Jody Fortino. We'll be back after this. You listen to this podcast every day because it's your KC local reliable news source. You take us seriously. But you know, we like to get down and we want you to party with us. Join us at our annual benefit, Radioactive, on June 14th. NPR's All Things Considered host, Ari Shapiro, is the featured guest at this party, and it's gonna be bumping. You gotta be there. Sponsorship packages and ticket information are available at kcur.org slash radioactive. It's been a hot and dry year across the Midwest, with drought exacerbating water shortages in western Kansas and lowering river levels in the eastern half of the U.S. Eva Tesfai of Harvest Public Media and David Kondos of the Kansas News Service covered water issues this year, along with how extreme weather affected urban and rural areas in Missouri and Kansas. They sat down to compare notes on a difficult year. So, Eva, what has climate change meant for your area this year? In Missouri, and probably with a lot of the U.S., we saw a lot of climate extremes. So in the spring, it was actually really wet and really rainy, which made it harder for farmers um, in the planting season. But unlike further west, that wet soil helped when the drought made its way east in the fall. So the crops weren't hit as hard because we had a lot of rainfall, but that rainfall caused some flash flooding in St. Louis in July. And that's consistent with what we would see with climate change, you know, more rain in a shorter period of time. But yeah, really, it was a year of extreme rainfall and extreme drought in Missouri. But yeah, I don't I don't need to tell you about drought. How did climate change affect your coverage area? It's been a little bit different out here uh, in western Kansas, especially, uh, you know, as opposed to the the maybe wet conditions uh, that they had in Missouri. It's been extremely dry. Uh, some areas, even for, from the beginning of the year, have been in drought. Uh, we saw, you know, historically dry, hot summer with near record uh, temperatures. Some areas saw their driest October or November 
on record dating back to the 1800s. So it's it's really extreme. And 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 some of the you know ways that you see that. I mean, you can just see it anytime you go outside. Everything is for the most part, you know, very dry, uh, you know, there, we've had dust storms. Um, so that's, you know, obviously a very kind of extreme illustration of some of these factors coalescing. You have extreme weather moving, moving through with, you know, we have up to 60, 70 mile per hour winds. And when the soil is so dry, it has just picked it up and ran with it. And, and, you know, what's that meant for, you know, farmers specifically, it means that, you know, when that dust storm comes through, it's, you know, battering their crops. Like I went out to a, a wheat field and and stood there with some rows of baby wheat while they were, you know, getting battered by this, this dust storm. And it was, it was awful for me, uh, you know, a, a grown human. And so I can't imagine, you know, what it feels like for, for those plants. And, and, you know, obviously the, the harvests have been, have been, down way down this year from the wheat uh, in the spring and summer to the the corn this fall, um, and then another factor is cattle. You know, I mean, I, there was the big story this summer where um, a, an extreme uh, heat uh, wave came in, uh, killed uh, a lot of cattle in Southwest Kansas, and then you know even into the fall, uh, a lot of ranchers were still feeling those effects because their pastures had dried up, and so there wasn't any grass for the cattle to eat. Uh, ranchers were having to sell off more cattle uh, than they wanted to sell, and and I know some of these dry conditions out here in the Western Great Plains have kind of trickled back east uh, through these rivers. So I guess, what are you seeing uh, out in your area with, with the Missouri and Mississippi rivers specifically? Yeah, I mean, both the Missouri and Mississippi rivers had extremely low levels. Uh, the Mississippi River had some of the lowest levels that we've seen in decades. Um, and that was because of the drought. Um, one of the cool things that happened um, was that a lot of shipwrecks were exposed. So people could see these these underwater artifacts that you couldn't see normally. But one of the really negative things was that barge traffic really slowed. Um, and they also had to barges had to take on lighter loads, which caused a lot of problems for farmers who rely on um, that grain moving up and down the Mississippi River. You know, they are able to turn to railroads and trucks as well, but that is more expensive. So that that definitely affected supply chain issues. But yeah, the drought it seemed to exacerbate these water issues that were already ongoing in the West. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. So water issues out here in the in this area, Western Kansas, are are nothing new. That's you know those predate the drought. And and the thing is here, you know, you talk about low river levels um, in your area. A, a lot of rivers are completely dry in, in my area right now. There's there's not a lot of surface water uh, to speak of at all. And so that that means that the the primary water source that this area depends on, the Ogallala Aquifer uh, underground water, is, you know, even more important than it is in a normal year. You know, those aquifer levels have been depleting for decades. You know, in some parts of western Kansas, they've already lost, you know, more than half uh, of the water that they had underground. And, and a lot of that is because of irrigation. And, you know, it's just massive amounts of water going to, to water crops, essentially, which kind of fuel the the industries out here. Um, but, you know, what that means, especially in a year like this, is that farmers are, are pushed to, you know, pump up even more water uh, to make up for a lack of rain. 
Um, and even with irrigation, a lot of crops are still struggling uh, because of the extreme heat. But yeah, it, that really, like you said, it exacerbates these existing issues with, you know, running out of water and aquifer depletion here, which, you know, obviously the, the crops and, and farmers are the primary users, but that also is where a lot of drinking water comes from. And so, you know, you're seeing uh, some towns had uh, implemented, uh, you know, warnings about having to conserve uh, water, you know, because their reserves were getting low. And, you know, another kind of, uh, you know, more general issue is that, you know, whenever you have a body of water, in this case, the aquifer that is depleting, it, that concentrates any chemicals that are in there. And so even, you know, uh, one problem that some towns have is with nitrates that, that can come from farm fertilizer. And once that gets into the water and the water levels go down, those chemicals become even more concentrated. And then some of these small towns are having to spend millions of dollars to to clean it up. So, yeah. Um, and so that's, you know, that's some of how it's affected small towns in my area. What, uh, what are some of the extremes uh, in the climate this year done for urban areas like uh, Kansas City? Yeah, so Kansas City had um, reached an extreme level of drought. Um, I believe, though, it did mostly affect our, our urban farmers or the farmers outside of Kansas City. We didn't have any water conservation methods implemented in the city. But Kansas City had a lot of extreme heat this summer. In July, it reached triple digits for the first time in a while. And, you know, nights were getting warmer, utility bills were going up. Um, that was also partly due to inflation. And in the middle of all that, this heat risk model came out that said it that's going to get worse in the next 30 years. It was a study from First Street Foundation, and it showed that we could see the heat index reach over 125 degrees in Kansas City. And Kansas City is one of the top five cities for that. Um so, yeah, it was it was not looking good. And, um, you know, the, that kind of extreme heat can also cause a lot of health problems for people, uh, especially people who have pre-existing conditions. So. So, yeah, that was kind of depressing to hear this summer. David, for you, was there any environmental news that listeners can be hopeful about? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, with the the extreme drought, there was not a, a ton of silver linings there. I mean, I would say, you know, one thing is that, you know, when you have an extreme year like this, uh, uh, both with the drought, but especially with, you know, the aquifer depletion, um, that can maybe, you know, make some people change their mindset uh, about, you know, what we need to do collectively as, as a state uh, when it comes to uh, conserving uh, that water and pre preserving that resource and, and how, you know, important, how vital that is. And, you know, some ways that has played out. Uh, the town where I live in Hayes, uh, they've already had decades of uh, water conservation municipally. Um, and they, they've continued to do that. And that has helped set them up to weather a year like this. And in some of the areas uh, west of here where it, most of the water goes to irrigation, uh, they're, they've set up uh, some of these kind of irrigation uh, water use cut programs where they collectively decide, hey, we're going to cut our irrigation by this much to, to preserve this resource. And so it's, I'm starting to see some more momentum um, at the local level regionally, even at the state level, uh, where, where people are, are kind of come around to say like, you know, hey, this is not going away <laughs> in a year like this. It's, it's getting worse. And we need to act now in order to set us up better for the next year that we have like this. And so that, that would be one silver lining. Um, what about in, in Kansas City? 
Yeah, well, Kansas City actually passed the the Kansas City Climate Protection and Resiliency Plan. Um, That was approved in August by the city council. That's another way that people are kind of looking to deal with the climate crisis. Um, That aims to achieve uh, net zero greenhouse gas emissions citywide by 2040. And some of the ways that they were planning on doing that is by really investing in public transportation, uh, biking and walking infrastructure. Another way was to really invest in renewable energy. So, yeah, hopefully with all the extreme weather we had this year, it was a bit of a wake up call that, uh, you know, we're in the climate crisis right now. So hopefully there will be action. That was David Condos of the Kansas News Service and Eva Tesfai of Harvest Public Media. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. This podcast is produced by Byron Love and KCUR Studios and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. For more local news from Kansas City's NPR station, visit KCUR.org, where you can read David and Eva's coverage of climate and the environment. Tomorrow, we'll look back on the year's biggest housing and homelessness stories in Kansas City. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon. 